Welcome to Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York's SML Planning Minute, where we share concise and thought-provoking financial ideas for individuals, families, and business owners. Security Mutual, the company that cares. Hello, this is Ernie Guerrero with another edition of Security Mutual's SML Planning Minute. In today's episode, we're turning the tables a bit. I will be interviewing Bill Rinaldi as we talk about COVID-19 and Social Security. Bill, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you and getting your expertise and opinion on this important topic. I'd like to first get an overview, Bill, of what is going on today in your experience in this area. Well, thank you, Ernie. It's great to it's great to turn the tables once in a while, and this this is a fun thing. You know, I know I've I've had the opportunity to interview you a number of times on this program, and it's it's nice to try this as, as an alternative. Um, in recent years, a lot of pundits have been worried and sounded the alarm about the Social Security Trust Fund. And some have actually referred to it as a, a ticking time bomb. Uh, the idea is that the amount of money that's in the trust fund is going to start going down soon, and it's eventually going to be exhausted, which would result in lower Social Security benefits for everyone. And maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. We'll see. A lot can change between now and then. Uh, but as we've discussed in, in previous uh, episodes, that particular time bomb is not scheduled to go off until the year 2035. That's 15 years from now. But there's something more present that hasn't gotten nearly as much attention recently, and that time bomb is scheduled to go off much sooner. And it's all due to COVID-19. Due to COVID-19, there is a pending reduction in Social Security benefits to anyone born 1960 or later, and most people have no idea that this is coming. According to a recent study by the Wharton Pension School Research Council, for people born in 1960 or later, the drop in benefits eventually received could be as much as 13%. And the culprit in this case is what's known as wage indexing. Well, Bill, that, that's important. And, Bill, we throw around a lot of terms. Um, can you explain for our listeners how indexing works? Oh, certainly, Ernie. Uh, the Social Security Administration has been indexing prior earnings since the year 1951. So this has been going on for quite a while. And what they do is they index past earnings to adjust for inflation. So the Social Security Administration uses this figure called the National Average Wage Index, or AWI, and that's what's used to calculate the revised income figure for past earnings. And uh, you know, over time, the AWI gets used to adjust previous year's incomes to a more reasonable modern amount. Uh, and one example I'll give you is that, according to the SSA, the AWI in the year 1980 was $12,513. More recently, in 2018, which is the most current year available, that AWI figure is $52,145. So what they do is they will use these index figures to adjust your earnings from previous years upwards to calculate the Social Security benefit in today's dollars. And if you didn't do such a thing, if you didn't make such an adjustment, 
uh, your Social Security benefit would really be minuscule in today's dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think it's more important to note that indexing stops once you reach the age of 60. Once that last set of calculations is made, they're fixed for that individual's lifetime. They are not recalculated when the index subsequently continues to change. And also note that the cost of living adjustments, which people talk about quite a bit, uh, the COLAs don't actually begin until after you turn age 62. So there's a two-year period there between 60 and 62 where nothing really happens. The AWI is developed by the Social Security Administration based on the data it receives from the IRS. And basically, it is the total wages divided by the total number of wage earners. So this is where COVID-19 comes into play. Uh, you know, the recent pandemic has caused a sudden jump in unemployment that's been well documented, and with it, a significant drop in total wages paid. So this is going to have an impact on the wage index and thus the indexing of past wages, which again is used to calculate your Social Security benefit. So for anyone born in 1960 or later, this is especially bad news. If you were born prior to 1960, it's not going to affect you. But people born in 1960 all turn age 60 this year. A drop in employment this year means that your last index figure is likely to go down. And all your past earnings, starting with what you earned decades ago, is going to be adjusted downward. Okay. Through no fault of your own, your Social Security benefit is likely to drop as a result of all this. Now, Ernie, many people track their projected Social Security benefit over time. And of course, as you know, and as you have done, if you enroll online at ssa.gov, you can get your most recent statement from the SSA, plus they notify you on an annual basis when that statement gets automatically updated. Uh, the updated statement becomes available early in the year once your previous year's earnings are tabulated and reported to the SSA. Um, in recent years, many people have seen their projected Social Security benefit go up from one year to the next, even if they make the same amount of money. And this is partly because of indexing. Earnings from earlier years, which had already been adjusted, will normally go up slightly more when the new data comes in. Right now, most people have no idea of the pending drop that's coming resulting from COVID. And they won't know anything about it until early 2022. Not 2021, but 2022. And that's just the way the government does it. The information becomes available every year, usually in mid-November, which is actually 11 months after the end of the previous year. So the new employment figures for this year will be reflected in the data that gets published in November of 2021. Got it. And the projected reduction in benefits will be reflected on the Social Security statements that go out early the following year. Wow, Bill, that was alarming, and uh, but really, that was very informative. The, the takeaway and action item should be for individuals to check their statements each year, not only for accuracy, but also to determine this impact. Uh, you know, Bill, we've stated numerous times on numerous podcasts about the importance of checking your Social Security statement, and what you're explaining now is more prevalent to do so. 
Can you estimate the dollar impact that will affect our checkbook? Uh, well, sure, we can make projections, but first I think we need to provide a little bit of context, and this should give you an idea of where we're headed. Um, wages have been indexed, as I mentioned, by the SSA since 1951. The AWI varies from year to year, but during that whole time period, it's only been negative once, and that was during the Great Recession just a few years ago. The AWI was $41,334 in 2008, but went down to $40,711 the following year. And that lower AWI resulted in a lower Social Security benefit for anyone then age 60 and under. Now, the drop was reported in November of 2010, affecting Social Security benefits for those who reached age 62 in 2011. Now, although the index only went down, if you do the numbers, Ernie, that's about 1.5%. Although the index went down only by approximately 1.5%, the actual drop in benefits was more severe. And once it went down, the AWI, Average Wage Index, never caught up to the previous projections that were in effect prior to 2009. And worse than that, it turned out that as a result of the Great Recession, everyone born 1949 or later experienced a reduction in benefits. But the people born in 1949 had to bear the full brunt of the Great Recession. This is the uh, equivalence of what's known as sequence of returns risk, something earlier that we talked about in an earlier podcast. When you retire, the final year's returns on your assets carry a huge burden. And if that last year is negative, you may not be able to generate as much income as you first thought. When it comes to Social Security, that same concept applies to wage indexing. And, and by the way, Ernie, the current problem has not gotten a lot of public attention, but it has been noticed. Uh, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, during the month of May that discussed this issue. And you know what? I have it right here. I'm going to read a quote to you from that article. Before averaging past earnings, Social Security indexes those earnings to the growth of national average wages up to the year in which he turns 60. Nominal earnings in any past year are multiplied by the ratio of the national average wage in the year the worker turns 60 to the national average wage in the year the earnings took place. So I guess the point I'm trying to make here, Ernie, is that a 1.5% drop in the index may not seem like much, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. The index is used to calculate your average index monthly earnings. That's a Social Security term. It's usually abbreviated AIME. And it's also used to calculate bend points. That's another Social Security term. Bend points are applied to the AIME to calculate the actual benefit. Now, the math is beyond the scope of anything we're going to talk about today. But just keep in mind that a drop in the index is going to devalue not just your earnings for this year, but every year's earnings since you started working. Got it. And you know, not many people realize that the benefit listed in your official Social Security statement is just a projection. There are implicit assumptions that affect the numbers you see. 
And among them is an assumption that you're going to continue to make the same amount of money every year from now until the time you retire. And an assumption that the wage index will rise every year by 3.5%. So if the AWI actually goes down by 1.5%, that's a net drop of 5%. And this is made clear if you study in detail the 2009 data. The results today would likely be similar should the AWI drop by a comparable amount in 2020. The 2009 AWI decrease of 1.5% was caused by the financial crisis of 2007-2008, while our current situation has been caused by the pandemic. But with a full recovery, we can eventually expect the AWI to start going up again in future years. But it's going to set a lower track. In other words, even if the index resumed growing by 3.5% once again next year, it would never catch up to the previous estimate. This is exactly what happened back in 2009. Uh, now, there was a paper that you might have seen, Ernie, that was published in April of this year, and it was called How the Coronavirus Could Permanently Cut Near-Retiree Social Security Benefits. This was written by the people at the Wharton School. And they noted that, I'm going to read you a quote here. Due to how the Social Security benefit formula interacts with the sharp economic downturn due to the coronavirus, some groups of near retirees are likely to suffer substantial permanent reductions to their Social Security retirement benefits. And then the study goes on to note that a middle-aged worker born in 1960 could have their annual Social Security benefits in retirement reduced by around 13%, with losses over the retirement period in excess of $70,000. Wow, Phil, this is eye-opening, you know, to, to say the least. For someone collecting and heavily depending on income from Social Security to meet his or her monthly expenses, a $70,000 reduction is a lot of money. If we assume an individual may live another 20 years after starting to collect Social Security, that would be a monthly reduction in income of approximately $290 per month. Bill, that's a, you know, a utility bill payment or a, a, you know, a lifestyle payment for someone that's dependent on that. This is extremely important and great news for you to share with us. I am concerned. Depending on what resource you check, the average Social Security monthly income is approximately $1,500 per month. If there is a reduction, as you mentioned, Bill, that a monthly income would be reduced to about $1,210. I know it's tough for some individuals making ends meet just relying on what they receive from Social Security, but this reduction should cause concern. And Bill, you've brought up an important topic. And this is a time for planning. What should individuals be doing now? Well, there's nothing really specifically they can do other than being aware that this is potentially coming. And as I said, you're not going to know the actual result for quite a while, probably not until sometime in 2022. Now, in between now and then, it's an open question as to whether the SSA can actually change the way this indexing formula is done without congressional approval. I suspect that they can't. 
but they might be able to switch the way the formula is calculated from an annual calculation to what's called a five-year moving average. What that would do would likely smooth out some of the bumps you see in this formula uh, because the bump in the formula this year is going to affect people approaching age 60 much more severely than anybody else. Another possibility might be to simply change the formula so that it doesn't allow negative figures. Now, that may sound a little bit odd, but just keep in mind, Social Security, as I mentioned, calculates a cost of living adjustment starting at age 62. That COLA is not allowed to go zero. So if prices or the, the index that they use goes down from one year to the next, all that happens is that the COLA stays at 0.0. .0. It doesn't go down. So, of course, all this employment data is not available for the year 2020 yet. And um, there is certainly hope for a significant employment recovery. And I have to say, people age 60 and under have a lot riding on that. Um, so what I would suggest is individuals age 60 and under should certainly consult with their professional insurance advisor today. I would also make it a point to obtain your Social Security statement each year. And then lastly, Ernie, I think I would suggest that individuals prepare a budget and make sure that you have a plan mapping out your income and expenses and beginning to save money today for any shortfall. Younger individuals should do the same, I think. You have more time to plan, but you really must plan. Well, that's a critical point, uh, you know, to begin the planning. And I know in the past we have had podcasts that address uh, items like pairing a budget and income and expenses. Uh, Bill, this was, uh, you know, very, very informative. And also it was a pleasure to get your perspective on this uh, very important topic. And also, Bill, uh, it was nice to actually interview you for a change. So thank you. Well, thank you, Ernie. It's been great being your guest today, and I hope we get to do this again sometime soon. Thank you. All right. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York, the company that cares. The content provided is intended for educational and informational purposes only. Information is provided in good faith. However, the company makes no representation or warranty of any kind regarding the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of the information. To help reach your goals, you need a skilled professional by your side. Contact your local Security Mutual Life Insurance Advisor today. As part of the planning process, he or she will coordinate with your other advisors as needed to help you achieve your financial goals and objectives. For more information, visit us at smlny.com slash smlpodcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell your friends about it. And be sure to give us a five-star review. And check us out on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. The applicability of any strategy discussed is dependent upon the particular facts and circumstances. Results may vary, and products and services discussed may not be appropriate for all situations. Each person's needs, objectives, and financial circumstances are different and must be reviewed and analyzed independently. We encourage individuals to seek personalized advice from a qualified Security Mutual Life Insurance Advisor regarding their personal needs, objectives, and financial circumstances.
Insurance products are issued by Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York, Binghamton, New York. Product availability and features may vary by state.